checking for me, no one checking on me, so I had to go run up and check. I got the message on me, ain't no flexing on me, my attorney gon' call and collect. Blessings on blessings for me, my successes only made them envious, they got upset. I had to put all their egos in check. I want the money to pound. Oh, you know, so and so, you not a threat, cause I really know so and so. How's everyone doing? So they go pretend that they cool till they busted your motherfucking chest. I just had a crack beer. Ice cold. Summer's on the rise. It's been a minute. I've been excited to do this podcast for a while. Truth be told, I I recorded this episode a few weeks ago, episode 25, Close Network Privacy Podcast. Thanks for listening in. And I, I wasn't happy with the output. wasn't happy with the final product. So I uh, I didn't post it because, well, I, I, just, I just didn't feel... I, didn't, I don't know. I just wasn't feeling it. And so I will say that um, I've been out of town a lot and it's, I have traveled with my podcasting gear in the past when I'm traveling by car. Cause I can, it's easy enough to just put it into a bag and carry it with me. But uh, the type of traveling and what I was doing over the last month, uh, I was flying a lot and driving a lot in other people's cars and, kind of traveling light, I thought I might experiment with uh, this pod track that I bought on sale for like 89 bucks. And I just couldn't quite pull it together, uh, especially with, I, I should have brought a different mic. So over the last couple months, there's been a lot of things, I won't say changes in my life, but just things in my life that I've been working for, for change uh, for the second half of this year, getting my house ready to sell, uh, working on developing some new property. Uh, Work has been pretty busy. Uh, Busy is good though. So I'm not complaining. It just, um, finding time to do research and sit down and collect thoughts and put things together and record really isn't that difficult for me. It's just for whatever reason, I couldn't pull my crap together (laughs) to do it. Um, So I do apologize for this massive delay. The show's not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. Uh, And, you know, things are just in flux for the last couple of months. Um, But that's just the way things go. So I'm not going to um, dwell on it too much. I won't say like, oh, life's been so busy. I mean, it's busy for everybody. And I'm putting in more effort to try to make time for doing the things that are important to me. And this is important to me. So so I'm going to be trying to resume a more regular schedule. Um, I want to, as I begin... Uh, I first, before I forget anything, I want to say uh, thank you to my one Patreon supporter <laughs> uh, so far. Uh, very, very appreciated. And uh, Richard G., uh, thank you for that support. If you want to support this show uh, and you're already on Patreon, you can definitely do that. Um, I don't really push it a lot, but I'm going to be doing content on that platform that's a little bit I want to say more laid back because I think my my show is already pretty laid back. I'm not super rigid. I don't really like super sterile podcasts that have, I don't know, I don't do any editing, I guess I should say. Uh, when I hit record on the podcast, sometimes I do hit pause to do something or something like that, but I don't, I don't edit the podcasts. I've never edited a single one. I click record and I just go. And I think that's part of the problem 
with say like this last previous attempt of recording episode 25 is that it was shite. I didn't like it. So I just didn't post it. Could I have spent a lot of time editing it? Maybe, but it, it would have, it would have taken away from, uh, the dynamic that I like in the podcast. And it's one that I've adopted from no agenda podcast. And I really like that. It's just, I won't say raw, but it's just, um, unfiltered, so to speak. And, if I'm not able to do that, it just kind of makes, it just changes everything. So I uh, just want to say thank you to Richard for supporting me on Patreon. Thank you to Mattis Max and Unintelligent7. Uh, these guys, <clears throat> excuse me, got a bug in my throat. These guys have been great at helping moderate the Matrix channels. If you want to jump in and have a conversation with anyone, other listeners, um, that's probably the best place to start. Uh, also we're on Mastodon. We had a little snafu with the server required some upgrades. We, we worked through that and, uh, everything's been hunky dory. So you can follow me and others on our Mastodon instance. If you're already on Mastodon, great. You can just, you know, follow, follow me. I'm just, you know, Simon at, I think it's, uh, as I look at the, uh, is it my notes here? Um, Close network.social is our Mastodon server. So I think it's just Simon at close network.social if you're already on Mastodon. Or you can just go to close network.io and there are links right in the header to Mastodon, our main matrix, and our off topic channel. So I have some notes for this podcast. Actually, f- quite a bit. I probably will not get to even half of it because just in the midst of hitting the record button, um, there's been a lot of new developments within the Graphino S, uh, team with Daniel McKay and Lewis Rossman's video and Henry from tech lore, uh, video and Lewis Rossman commenting on it and all this other stuff. And now McKay is, uh, stepping down, not only just from lead development, but even from Graphino S entirely. And so this is kind of a weird episode because, I didn't know uh, the hidden one and I have been conversing about this for, I don't know, a while and going back and forth on some things. I have some positions. He has some ideas and I I really kind of don't want to get too caught up in the drama of it. I may uh, speak my mind just a little bit that were only reflect my own thoughts and opinions, but I actually might bring him into the, this episode very ad hoc. Um, for those that are not familiar, The Hated One has a YouTube channel where he does a lot of uh, research and essay work on different topics, both social privacy uh, and security, and not just privacy security, but a lot of different things. And so um, he's been on the show quite a few times before, and I think we might try to bring him on. So I'm going to go ahead and pause this and see if we can make this happen. Okay, we are working it out. He's going to call me uh, while I set it up on Matrix. Okay, so we're going to connect on Matrix here in just a second, which um, I'm also trying something new for this podcast where I'm running my podcaster, my Rode Podcaster Pro through my Linux desktop, uh, which runs Arch, by the way. Uh, <laughs> and it's, I normally uh, run it through my Mac, so I'm trying to use the Mac less and my other Linux machines more. So I hope everything works well, like audio-wise, piping in external audio, because I just decided to do that right like five minutes before I hit record and hadn't really tested it. I'm more of like a test-in-the-field kind of a guy. Um, So 
hopefully this podcast doesn't come out like complete crap. Um, so I, I do. Oh, okay. He's calling. Hang on one sec. We're recording. Hey, I got you. We're on matrix now. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, uh, yes, for those listening, I've done the introduction and I just kind of ad hoc the hated one right into the podcast, which was not planned at all. And it's actually perfect the way I like it. Um, so how you doing, man? I know you've only got a small time window, so I appreciate taking the time to jump in and uh, discuss this Graphene OS stuff a little bit with me. Um, so how are things in your world? Um, yeah, no problem, man. Uh, I'm always willing to do something for you. Uh, I appreciate your company, and finally I get to hear your voice. You haven't uploaded anything for such a long time that I was beginning to worry about you. But, uh, yeah, I've been kind of uh, <laughs> bunkered, bunkered in myself. Uh, I've been doing a lot of research, digging into stuff, uh, and I, I'm feeling quite all right, I guess. So I'm just you know doing what I always do and not much else. How about you, though? Good. good. I, I was just going to say, I always picture you like head in your laptop with your hoodie on in a dark room, reading a lot of PDFs and uh, SEC filings, nonprofit filings, you know, like you ever see that meme of the guy with the cigarette and he's got the bulletin board with all the string connecting the dots to all the different conspiracy theories stuff you know that meme you know i don't know if you know yeah, what i'm I talking do, about yeah, yeah i kind of yeah. like i kind of picture that board like in the background of, <laughs> of your office you know what i mean like like just just down the rabbit hole somewhere um but no i've been good uh, i was actually just saying a few minutes ago um in, in the introduction i've been traveling quite a bit uh getting my house ready to sell getting ready to build a house not right away uh probably over the next like year or two so i'm gonna be a little nomadic kind of gypsy-ish maybe temporarily um yeah so life is like kind of like a plate of spaghetti like i can't really see any anything but there is some end in the beginning if that makes any sense i think <laughs> at least I don't, I don't know for sure um but i i do I do miss doing the show and I am planning to uh, make an effort because it is partly mostly due to me just making the time to make it happen um, and make that effort to, uh, to stay on top of it and, and keep episodes pushing out. So, um, so yeah, I, the funny thing is I was just saying, I actually did record episode 25 a couple of weeks ago. I wasn't happy with it. I, cause I always listen to it afterwards. I wasn't happy with it. And just decided not to upload it. And between that happening and me kind of putting a new show together, which I'm calling 25.2 or 25. Yeah. Episode 25.2. Um, the, the title of this is, uh, this is informative and unfortunate. (laughs) That's horrible. Um, maybe, but I'm a horrible person. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I can say, say that about myself as well. Um, so yeah, kind of just jumping right in. I know that, um, you and I have already had some kind of back channel discussions, um, back channel, just, you know, talking on signal and matrix and all the other things that we do, but like, you know, we, we had our own conversations. You have much different insights, which we probably won't get into right now, but, uh, just from an overall, um, concern that I think initially I had and maybe still have to a degree, and others definitely have had, is what does this mean for the Graphene OS project now that Daniel McKay is not only stepping down 
as lead developer title, which you and I have discussed, he hasn't necessarily been in an active development, lead development role for quite some time, but more manning the phones, so to speak, uh, meaning the Matrix channel, Twitter, Mastodon. But he's actually stepping down completely out of the project that we know of as of right now. Uh, he's stepping down entirely. And should that raise any concern for those of us that rely on this probably arguably most important project out there for as far as an operating system goes for a mobile device, should we be concerned about that? Uh, and, you know, maybe, you know, could this actually be a positive in the long run? Um, well, there is a lot to unpack there, but uh, first I would just say that I am in touch with some of the people from Graphene OS and I've actually made an interview with one of their developers, and they also helped me with an in-depth video into Android operating system and the platform security model that then also transferred, uh, transformed into a, an overview of Graphene OS and their security enhancements on, built on top of the AOSP project. But then... Um, you know, there is a lot to say about this whole situation with the um, lead developer and basically the the main person behind the entire project leaving it. And I am quite quite surprised by it that it happened the way it did, and it happened so suddenly out of pretty much no nowhere. Because I'm not really following you know day to day news, so I was kind of surprised by this. But I wasn't. Um, I wasn't shocked to the point where I would be concerned about the f- future, at least the near-term future of Graphene OS. Okay. Because as it stands right now, Graphene OS is going to be developing and maintaining the project. The team has plenty of uh, excellent and talented developers from across the world. And uh, it, you know the, the train is rolling. It's not going to stop just because one person has left. Daniel McKay has not being involved in the in the lead development as much anymore for quite some time so the team is going to manage well he's not leaving cold turkey he's going to delegate all these tasks that he had like um code signing uh release signing etc and that's going to be uh hopefully a smooth transition and apparently he's going to appoint a new director for the foundation and a perhaps a new lead uh, developer, which could be a different person, it could be the same person. I don't know, and um, that's gonna that's gonna just basically mean it's gonna be a different person at the top. But the team stays more or less the same, and I'm not too concerned about much. But there is a lot that people have inferred right. uh, about this, and I think we should talk about it at least from the technical perspective, right? Because it can be quite misleading, and people can end up making some bad and terminal decisions that that's going to be helpful. Like people should leave Graphene West for one reason or another. I don't think there is any reason to leave Graphene West, but if you want to, we can get into some of those. Um, yeah. 
claims. And, and if anyone hasn't um, seen, there's a very popular YouTuber. When I say popular, as in just subscribers, is he's an activist within the right to repair space. Uh, so he's been on you know different media outlets regarding those cases. I think the John Deere thing. The uh, there was something that's in Minnesota. There's different states. Um, kind of leverage his expertise this person is lewis rossman who has for a long time had a repair shop in new york and other places i don't really know a whole lot about it he's very technical as far as you know on physical devices like fixing devices laptops macbooks iphones he's always kind of had a big youtube uh presence basically bitching at apple for (laughs) how difficult it is to repair their products as well as a myriad of other different manufacturers and products but he came out a few months ago i think it was about in the last three months two three months promoting graphene os meaning that he was using it on his phone and was advising people that if they want a very secure and private or operating system or an operating system that really is built from the um perspective of protecting your privacy and your security meaning not sharing data just relentlessly with uh, major big tech companies that graphene os was the right choice to go with and that's what he was running on his phone and then he kind of did this 180 uh I, in my opinion irrationally because he had a conversation with daniel mckay and posted it online and all this stuff which i i personally have some issues with we don't have to sort of get into that but uh you know the he inferred i don't want to say he out, out, he, but I did. It did seem like he inferred that he didn't feel safe using Graphene OS because of this interaction he had with Daniel McKay, and therefore was like concerned. Like, should I run an operating system? Uh, should I run this OS from you know because this guy is involved, meaning Daniel McKay is involved with the project, uh, and they had a negative interaction with each other. Uh, that's irrational in my opinion because it's an open source project. The code is freely available on GitHub. And I don't know how, especially with an operating system where you don't even log in, you do not self-identify with any kind of account. I don't know how he would there would be anything that would target Lewis Rossman's device personally as a targeted attack because of you know what I'm saying? Like it was a weird it was a weird direction to go. And I think that a lot of people who watch his channel might think, oh, yeah, maybe something is now um, you know, not safe or it's less safe now to use. Because, of, no, it's totally ridiculous. I mean, just because you have a bad interaction with a Microsoft specialist, if you're doing Microsoft help desks, you know, you've got a problem with your computer and you tell the guy to, you know, pound sand, like this guy's going to target your operating system. I mean, that would be more likely because they probably know who you are. I, I don't know. It just it just seemed really weird and outlandish to me. Um, and I wanted to dispel the idea that there would be some compromise introduced into the build of Graphene OS because some YouTuber had a bad interaction with Daniel. And heads up, Lewis isn't the first person who's had had a negative interaction over the years with Daniel McKay. Uh, this isn't new. Right. Um, so I just kind of want to separate. There are two kind of things going on here. One is from my per- perspective, my point of view as an observer, third party observer, is that uh, Daniel has been kind of probably in a, doing multiple roles that he's not all suited for, like suited well for to fulfill. Um, and part of that comes from 
a, a bootstrap open source project. Most developers, most technical people are not great at PR. They're not d- built that way. And so this shift into Graphene OS becoming more organized as a foundation, uh, more organized nonprofit, I think uh, will mitigate those things from happening hopefully in the future. But up until this point, it's been one person fulfilling multiple roles and doing well in some of them and not great, <laughs> opposite of great maybe, and the others that are kind of like air quote client facing PR, pers- you know, kind of, you know, doing the uh, public relations and communication one-on-one and monitoring chats and chat rooms and dispelling myths and things, but maybe not doing it the way that typical big companies would have that have a lot of money that can hire people with those kind of soft skills (laughs) kind of, kind of a thing. Um, But I don't necessarily like, I think initially I kind of was like, oh gosh, what does this mean for the project? Meaning just more like with Daniel stepping away, what does this mean for the future viability and, and, you know, um, sustainability of this project uh, with him out of the picture? Will it be as good? Right. I think that that's my more concern. Not necessarily will Daniel inject something that, (laughs) that that puts malware on everybody's device. Yeah, that's that's good that it is not your your particular concern. I assume that's because you are quite familiar with the technicals behind it. But a lot of people, I guess even those that are listening to this are perhaps not so familiar. So it is really important to hammer that point down that Graphene OS was built in a way that it doesn't allow its own development team to hijack it for any purpose, for anyone, uh, for any individual user. Because as you said, there are no uh, accounts required and GrapheneOS does not have access to device identifiers, hardware identifiers, or software identifiers. doesn't know your IMEI, your IMSI number, your phone number. It does not know anything about you. And some people, some people have um, um, compared this situation that uh, Rossman had with McKay that if you went to a restaurant and, uh, and you knew that the chef hated your guts, you not, you would not want to eat there. But that's an, a completely irrational analogy. It doesn't work here. Because if McKay was a chef in a restaurant, he would be cooking the same food for everyone. He would not be taking any orders, meaning he would not know who he, who he is cooking his operating system for. It would be one system for everyone, and people would not even be served. They would be taking from a buffet. And... Um, you know, Mikkei would not even see these people because he would be locked in a kitchen that has no windows. And that's a more co- correct analogy here. The only information that GrapheneOS does collect is your IP address. That's one data point. And the sure. second data point is the device model, like Pixel 6 or Pixel 7a, let's say. Sure. And these two data points are completely useless at targeting individuals. The IP address is purged uh, within 10 days. Uh, at GrapheneOS backend, and you can easily obfuscate it with a VPN or Tor, and that's going to work flawlessly. GrapheneOS servers and uh, networks, they're all supporting VPN or Tor traffic. They're not blocking it, so you will never have an issue with an update or a network check if you're running a full-device VPN or Tor. 
And that pretty much solves that problem. So people who are insinuating that you should be deleting uh, your GrapheneOS installation or you should not be trusting the project because of anyone's personality or feuds with anyone else, that's that's ridiculous. That's, that doesn't make any sense. It sounds like it sounds like it makes sense on the emotional level, right? But it's it it has zero ground. So nobody should be concerned about this. And I hope this is closer, uh, closer, <laughs> crystal clear for everyone. Yes, and, and if and if anyone's super paranoid, uh, just go to anywhere where there's public Wi-Fi to install, and it makes sense that it's going to know. Like if you use the web installer, it needs to know what model it is because there's a different build of the OS, the ROM for each model. So it's going to load a different version of the ROM depending upon the model that you have. But yeah, I I just kind of had to take some pause with all of this and kind of go, okay, there's emotion involved here and the emotion uh, is skewing, I think, the, the, the logical process of thinking here. Uh, meaning removing how you feel about <laughs> the interactions uh, from the validity and the credibility of the project and Graphene OS as just software itself, meaning it doesn't care about anyone's feelings. Um, and sometimes this isn't the first time that there's been drama in, in open source communities uh, or even in, in regular commercial software uh, communities as well. Uh, this, you know, decisions get made and, uh, you know, th- that that project moves on or it moves forward or that release moves forward. But then there's always people that have something to say about it and, now, because there's so many different places for people to spew their ideas and thoughts, whether it's Reddit or uh, YouTube comment sections or Mastodon or Twitter, or I mean, there's just so many places that it's impossible for anyone to kind of keep up with all of that. And I think, I think it, that's an exhaustive um, uh, activity in itself, and it doesn't really render anything positive at the end i mean i think sometimes there can be constructive conversations but they don't usually happen in short text form you know like meaning like comment sections and tweets like it's really hard to convey context um in those spaces whereas like interviews and podcasts or areas where you have more time to talk through some of these things uh can lend a little bit clear minds about it. I mean, it doesn't take away that everyone has a right to their emotions and their feelings, but let's not get that confused with the facts about the actual project itself or the ROM, in this case, Graphene OS. And I I really wanted to make sure that was clear um, on this episode, episode 25. And the reason why I labeled it this is informative and unfortunate is because that is the title of Lewis Rossman's video. And so it's a little bit of a jab from me because I have my own kind of perspective about how this was handled, but I think that it kind of fits within this because it is informative what we're talking about, but it's unfortunate that things have come to this and maybe in the long run, this is good. This is a good thing for Daniel. I don't know him personally, so I I can't say um, I'm just trying to remain positive, but I also uh, appreciate that you know we're able to have this conversation about the technicals and dispel any kind of 
fear, uncertainty, or doubt about the future or the you know viability of using Graphene OS today or tomorrow. Yeah, just so I have like two things to say about this. One is technical, and the other one is more personal. And the technical is just going back to the original point that you don't have anything to worry about when it comes to. Uh, Graphene OS, because if you go back to stock Google Android or the iOS, both Apple and Google will be able to do to you what some people think that McKay would do to them through Graphene OS, because the only way to use iOS or the iPhone and the only way to use the stock Android with Google Play is to sign into your account and Google by default on the stock Android will have access to your device identifiers. They will be collecting your location and they will be giving it out to uh, authorities or anyone else. And they do have the capacity to issue remote updates to specific individuals if they were compelled to, or right. You know, if they wanted to really. So that's, that's something if anyone is paranoid, you should definitely never ever use any Google products or Apple products ever again at all. And what about, going a, to what the about personal, a Microsoft phone? Uh, is that still a thing? <laughs> I don't know. I, I thought those were dead. <laughs> I, th- I think it is dead. I think you could still buy them yeah. on eBay. Uh, sorry. Uh, sorry. Just... It'll be the same thing though. I mean, you can, you can use the Microsoft windows without uh, an account, but Microsoft or the Windows is going to be calling back to Microsoft a lot. It's going to be communicating a lot of information. And yeah. uh, you can do a lot of tweaks. You can use something like the Safing uh, Portmaster, which is an excellent tool to prevent a lot of that network connectivity to um, hostile or untrustworthy um, servers. But, you know, Windows and Microsoft does have a monopoly on Windows, and they are going to be able to pull anything they want to. So, yeah, that's just a tangent. But on, on the on the personal note, you know, re- regarding the positivity about the project, I call this, uh, you know, Daniel McKay leaving the project as positive news. And that's because I do believe that Daniel McKay does deserve a break, and he said something about needing a recovery and that he's been going on without a break pretty much since 2018. So I do believe that a break is much deserved, and I hope that he does have a support system where he can, where he can actually um, get what he needs in terms of anything that that would entail. And I I wish him best of luck and good health and all that that he desires. And as for Graphenoise, I also wish them the same. And I do believe that they are going to be successful because. Um, the team is going to be working on um, whatever it, they need to work on. They're going to do a good job in maintaining the things that they need to maintain. And we actually are going to have two benchmarks coming up. Uh, I think the Google I.O. has some release dates for the Pixel tablet right. and the Pixel Fold, I think. Right. That's so the name of the I, phone. Yeah, and I think... Fold, foldable one. The the pre-orders are already available for the Pixel Fold. Yeah, um, I've seen a couple of YouTube reviews on just the standard you know release of it. I think they've got pre-release models or something like that. Um, but uh, 
Yeah, it's intriguing. I mean, it might be a bit cost prohibitive for a lot of people. I mean, we're going north of like I think thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars on that device, but yeah. I'm uh, that's a lot to spend on a phone. Uh, I I hate that it's becoming the new normal for phones to be over twelve, thirteen hundred dollars. Um, I myself just upgraded to the Pixel Seven Pro, and that was a um, bit of a um, a bite to to swallow, uh, but. Uh, the, the, the tablet I'm very curious about, I'd love to see how that develops. If that's something that, you know, the project could, could tackle, I know a lot of it has to do with resources. So, um, we'll, we'll see, you know, but I think that would be, yeah, the, 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 the plans, the plans are to adopt both of these to graphene OS, which is going to be amazing. The, the yeah, challenge gonna is going to be the fold because that's going to be a totally different form factor. It's going to have like three displays or like one at the, in the folded state and like the double screen, double screen on the inside. The unfold. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's probably going to take him a bit longer, but the tablet should not be that much of a challenge for the team to adopt. So if they are going to be successful there, then uh, that's going to be a benchmark for us, the users, to see if the team is going to do well without you know, Daniel McKay. So we are going to find out very soon if the team is capable. And you know, time will tell if this is going to be detrimental to the Graphene OS team or not. I don't think it's going to be a problem. Um, I think um, McKay is going to handle the transition smoothly, as I said before. And... Um, I think all, all the people who are involved in the project are doing so because they are deeply passionate. They do believe in the vision. They do believe in McKay, and they do want to deliver this. They could have taken on other jobs, you know, in the in the gray market, working for the enemy, uh, working for zero day brokers, uh, getting a lot of money for bug bounty pro- programs. But th- these folks are just refusing that on principle and. It is very hard to imagine people like that in in an incentive structure like we have today, where everything has to be for as much profit as possible. But there are plenty of folks that do that. There are plenty of white hats that just want to do good hacking, good security research, because they like doing good stuff. Right. And all, all the people that I've talked to from this community are really the kind of people that I I, I don't worry about. So I have full trust in Graphene OS as it is right now. I'm, I'm going to be cautious a bit, you know, about the, um, the new person that's going to replace McKay. We'll see about that. And I trust McKay's decision that he's going to choose a person that he knows is going to be capable. And other than that, is it, what's tremendously positive is that Graphene OS is getting mainstream attention from technology blocks and outlets and it is going to be recognized. It has been part of part of fundraising uh, fundraising campaigns. It's been uh, it's been institutionalized as a proper incorporated nonprofit foundation. So all of these positives are going to build a solid base and ground for Graphene OS going forward into the future. And the last thing is actually there is a roadmap that has been laid out for Graphene OS that goes into like like decades. <laughs> So the end goal of Graphene OS is to uh, have a device and uh, like a hard, hardware device 
and then uh, they want to do do away with the Linux kernel and move to Zen hypervisor, which is going to Ooh, take an incredible yep. amount of effort. Yeah, it will. But that will be amazing. So that will be amazing. I, I, I assume that that's going to happen like in a decade from from now. So that's right. why I say decade. And for those that are um, unaware of what he just said, moving from a Linux kernel to a Zen hypervisor would actually increase exponentially the security. If you've ever heard of like uh, like Cubes OS or something, it's basically uh, you would have uh, a hypervisor, which is basically a, a OS kind of container management software running. And then everything that you would open would almost literally be open in its own containerized environment that does only has the access it's given to explicitly either by the system, which is administered by the user, uh, whether it's a network access or a microphone or speaker or camera, whatever. Um, it, it's a very restrictive way to do things. But when you get that granular, uh, then you can really lock down uh, the the access to vulnerabilities that you would normally find in, in your modern day devices that are exploited by the NSO group or other you know nation states out there. So if something were to be infected, um, you could kind of isolate that and nuke it and it would not necessarily impact anything else on the phone. So maybe a, a crappy app that you had downloaded that was trying to uh, in, install malware to access contacts or run a crypto miner or any number of uh, bad things, it would, you could stop it really quickly and shut it down. Uh, and it would only affect what, what it had access to within that container. So I, I, I'd be thrilled to see that. I know that's, uh complete wow that's a lot of work that's a lot of work to do for sure especially for something on a device um uh like a mobile phone versus like a big desktop computer that has a a massive processor and lots of ram um and i know that's kind of one of the bottlenecks typically is is ram uh for running those types of things because everything runs literally in in memory so uh that's that's good to hear about the roadmap and i'm excited to see yeah how things develop with the pixel and potentially with the fold, I don't think I'll probably use a fold. Uh, but you know, it's cool. I mean, it'd be cool to to see if that if that would be working. Um, and yeah, I, I wish I wish Daniel the best and the team the best. I actually sent him a tweet uh, a few days ago, just kind of saying, "Hey, I, I you know I, I rely on this project. I really appreciate all your work, and I hope that only th- good things are in for- store for you uh, for the future." Uh, to you know it's important to let people know that you know even though there's a lot of drama and other noise to tell people that even if you don't necessarily agree with their actions that uh, doesn't take away from the merits of what they've accomplished and uh, I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast are not ne- are not necessarily Graphene OS users, but maybe aspire to be a Graphene OS user one day and to have that available as an option is huge. Uh, so it's a massive privilege. I look at it as that these te- that's, like you said, these people take the time to do this for good instead of evil, if you will, <laughs> or at least for major profit. Um, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunities for great developers to go to. Uh, so for them to stick with uh, a less profitable one <laughs> is is really admirable. So I definitely uh, you know agree with that sentiment. Um, yeah, they, they are very open and transparent about their, their thought process. You can easily follow them through their channels and GitHub and in their communities. 
And they're often talking even directly with users. They also have their own forums. It's something like GraphenOS forums. I don't know where exactly the URL is. But, you know, there are plenty of requests from users and these folks are going great lengths to explain how many of these requests are either feasible or infeasible or too expensive or they need extensive development, whether they're being already worked on or, or whether that's planned in the future. And uh, you can just go ahead and look for yourself and see how these, you know, what, what these people are. You know, somebody uh, somewhere commented that you should not trust the team because you don't know who they are, what their motive is, and saying that Graphene OS has always been uh, Mickey's one-man project. Mickey did start Graphene OS from scratch, but, you know, there was a long... Uh, um, there was a lot of time, uh, many many years, that GraphenOS has been uh, expanding its team. Uh, there is now multiple full-time developers, part-time developers, contributors, and um, all these people are inspired by the priorities and principles that McKay instilled into the project. And one example is that uh, one of their developers have found a vulnerability that he could have been rewarded for, and the reward was something like $70,000 from Google. And instead of reporting to the bug bounty program directly and straight away, they prioritized patching the vulnerability to their own users, which took their time away from doing the reporting. And because of that, someone else had already coincidentally found the vulnerability, someone outside of of the GraphenOS team. And they were awarded the $70,000 bounty. And they could have, you know, the graphene, the, the developer in the GraphenOS team could have easily got it. This is something that happens quite frequently, you know, mostly thanks to the tools that GraphenOS had that no other security team has. And they just they just have these priorities to, to, to hyper-focus on the security uh, through a properly threat-modeled method. Like everything they do has a thorough, in-depth, um, low-level threat model analysis. It's not just some low-hanging fruit. It's not just like they are trying to address a problem just by putting a Band-Aid on it. They're really going deep into it. And right. you can find all of that in their in their in how they talk about how they choose the features. Like, for example, um, in the in the forums some users kind of entitled and arrogantly suggested that they would pay uh, an X amount of money for certain features to be implemented by graph- by the GraphenOS team. And I'm not sure if it was Daniel McKay or someone else who stepped in and said, we are not going to be doing feature bounties. And that was such an excellent mm. thing to say, such a badass thing to say. Yeah, it is. It means that they are not going to be beholden to this weird incentive structure where the amount of donations would dictate what things they prioritize. They are going to be prioritizing things based on their research and that's going to be decided based on their based on the merits and not based on money. And that's kind of fa- fascinating about these folks. Right. And that's why I have trust in them. Right. I, I wish I wish we had as you know I wish we saw that more often with 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 projects and, and things of that nature. Um and 
there's a there's a lot of cool stuff on the horizon that a lot of different people are working on uh, but this is probably the top within like the top three for me that i kind of rely on um i mean it's the number one of that top three list uh because it runs it runs my phone man uh your phone is the most personal computer people have in their lives to this day generally speaking, uh, not talking about like the fringe or the Michael Bazell's out there, but you know, most people rely on their phone every day to communicate and check their email and, uh, message their, their people and work and all that stuff. So it's what you rely on. I mean, don't even, most people don't have home phones anymore, uh, landline phones installed. They just rely on their, on their mobile devices. And, uh, so, you know, it's, I think that's why this this is such a passionate and emotional topic for a lot of people is because of that importance. If it was just, you know, some alternative uh, and, and encrypted communication tool, like say a session or Threema or something like that, people might be like, eh, whatever, you know, I'll move, I'll just use this instead. Um, but I kind of feel like there's not really another option if you're trying to, you know, if you're prioritizing prior the, the privacy and security in your life, um, this is really the best option for your mobile device or your mobile phone specifically. So, uh, I'm really happy to hear that, you know? So, uh, we'll see what comes next. Uh, and hopefully Daniel finds land somewhere in another passion project. If that's his passion, if that's what he wants to do or just gets the break he needs, you know, and, and, uh, having a support system is, is important. Um, good friends and good family. Uh, so, you know, it, it seems like it's been a rough, you know, couple of years, but especially the last six months have been really hard for him. <laughs> so just from what I've seen visually, um, but that, you know, is there's still, there's still a compassion there um, for him, even if he's said things or done things that uh, I may not agree with, you know, it, it's still like, doesn't take away from the merits of his, of his work. Uh, so um, and I'm I, like you, I feel confident that I actually feel kind of feel bad <laughs> in the short term for the person who takes that lead development role, because, uh, could you imagine going through that interview process with Daniel, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> filling out the questionnaire and, you know, why do you feel like you're the right person for this position, you know, as lead developer, graph, you know, as could you imagine being in that hot seat? Um, but you know, I think it's because it's so important to him. And, uh, he probably wants someone that appreciates, um, the project and what the, the core values more than anything, uh, of why this project even exists. He wants that person to possess that, um, probably equally with the technical ability to implement it. So, yeah, I, I'm, I hope that this, this transition will be as smooth as possible and I think McKay will be mostly choosing based on trust and that will really narrow down the search pool. I kind of hope that um, the exposure that Graphino has had to the mainstream media, and I'm talking mainstream media like tech nerd media, so that's not really yeah. like CNN mainstream, but it's like mostly like technology mainstream that's going to um, make more talented people aware of this project and um, wanting to join. So perhaps there's going to be a, a talent pool for the Graphene OS project to choose from. And of course, the funding that's that's yeah. hopefully, hopefully going to increase as well. So 
Um, uh, and and, and it, there might be another. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say there might be a flip side to the coin. You know, when you said earlier in the beginning, it might be you look at it as a good thing as Daniel moving on. Is that there might be some talent within that pool that was reluctant to come and contribute because of his personality that might now feel compelled now that it's more organized as a legitimate, you know, uh, organized foundation, nonprofit organization to reach out and actually apply, you know, to, to be part of the team that have those technical chops that are going to be needed, uh, especially for this, you know, big feature set within this roadmap. Um, So, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's, that's a good point because I think I would, I would give, Mickey um, extra credit for stepping down because he didn't want his um, presence to be hurtful to the project in whatever shape or form that might take. So that's so rare, at least in my view, you know, looking back like 20 or 30 years, uh, the history of the internet, you've had so many great projects that have been founded by great people but they have burned them into the ground because of the egos of their personalities. That's happened so many times. Even like Apple did not survive almost and probably would not have survived without the U.S. government stepping in and forcing Microsoft to pay Apple because Steve Jobs was such a, such a, such, such a bad personality for the whole team. He basically forced everyone to to leave Apple, and then he was fired uh, out of his own company. But that's you know that's irrelevant to this situation. It happens all the time. Like you have you have big egos in free and, and open source software communities, and none of none of these egos want to acknowledge their own faults. Right. They are identifying themselves with their own projects, and. And, and, and it ends up hurting the project um, in the end. So I, I, I think that McKay was a bigger person here, even though you know he's not a great communicator when it comes to public relations. Um, I'm not going to hold that against him too hard because I still want to appreciate the, the legacy of his work for the sure. entire global InfoSec community. Yeah, I mean, I and I think you know people have changes of heart sometimes when they start something and get caught up in it being like acquired, like 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 a Brian Acton, right? For like WhatsApp, um, when it was acquired uh, by Facebook slash Meta and turned into something that wasn't part of the original plan and left with a lot of money on the table. So there's someone who had a lot to gain financially by kind of selling out. And then kind of went on to, you know, be an executive chairman at the Signal Foundation, right? Something that's more true and core to the ethos. So it's like, you know, I I don't really know what it's like to be someone that makes something that starts out to be like One Direction, but then takes on its own, this whole new life of itself and all these new complications around it. I know that's not a that's kind of comparing apples to oranges with Daniel McKay. But what I'm saying though is, is that there's a lot of talented people who don't necessarily know where things are going to end up. And if they'll be in a place in their life to kind of like keep carrying the torch through, I think leadership is really well demonstrated when someone knows when it's time to hand it off. Um, 
because they just they've hit a ceiling uh, and also probably exhaustion has a major part to do with that emotional taxation on their life uh, sleepless nights uh, you know missing time with friends and family all those sacrifices um, it doesn't you know it, it's not a mark on his character by any means if anything it's a very for I, I see it as a, a humbling characteristic that he possesses to be able to do that and walk away rather than going down with the ship if that if that makes any sense um yeah definitely it, does yeah. and graphene os is now uh, incorporated as a foundation that's an important step it, it's it, it's not just a legal step it's a uh, complete institution institutionalization of the entire project and now they're going to be exposed to even more coverage more attention they're going to have perhaps even more in not necessarily investors because you cannot really invest into a nonprofit, but people who would want to donate um, signal is both a nonprofit and an LLC registered in California. It's kind of weird, but that's right. a lot, what a lot of these uh, companies do. Like Mozilla is a corporation and a foundation. So it's both for profit and nonprofit. Um, uh, Graphenoids is just nonprofit now. And that's that's admirable. It's 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 a foundation, but it's more like a charity. It's just a nonprofit. It's not going to be making grants. It's going to be uh, redistributing all of its assets into development of graphene OS. That's that's quite amazing. It's it's going to perhaps allow them to apply for grants from governments or perhaps uh, private institutions, entities, and it's just going to be. I'm I'm very hopeful for the future. Yeah. There is going to be a next benchmark when the eighth uh, pixel lineup comes up, and uh, that's going to come up with uh, or come out with new hardware supposedly. So that hardware should allow for a greater expansion of the hardened Malik. That's at least from what I heard. So that was originally under still still under Daniel McKay. I think that was the plan, but now it's going to be without him. And um, those have, those th- those that know, um, you know, Harden Malloc is the core feature of Graphene OS, and it's basically an entire invention of um, Daniel McKay. So if they are able to pull this off, that's going to be another good sign that they are on on the right direction, even without McKay and. You know, Mickey could still stay right. in it, the team as a developer. He does not have to leave completely, although he probably plans to leave the project entirely. But I'm, you know, he could stay as a developer. That's up to him, and I think the team would still welcome him. Yeah, but I, yeah, that's I'm, I'm hopeful. Um, and, and there's always a possibility that even if he doesn't uh, ever come back to the team as a full timer, that maybe contribute part-time work or consult with them and and those things um i think that after some time of refocusing and finding some bearings for himself that maybe that's on the table who knows um but like you said uh it seems like there's a pretty you know comprehensive roadmap laid out for what to expect and what's to come and They'll find the talent if they don't have the talent. I mean, because they have the resources to do that now, more so than they've ever had before, at least. And I think possibly could even attract more people to the project because of that organizational structure being in place. But time will tell. So we'll see. But we'll definitely keep everyone 
updated, <laughs> you know, with, with uh, whatever insights that we can bring to the table that are uh, not just, you know, theory, but, you know, some, some uh, grounded facts and, and information from conversations that happen behind the scenes. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling all right about it. I think it's just kind of a little shock, initial shock that a lot of people are experiencing, like what happens now. Um, and you know, things change and, and, and they still, they still work. So (laughs) somehow, you know, and somehow, somehow this, uh, is all working with me setting this whole implementation up on my arch system, by the way, uh, while I'm running (laughs) Portmaster SPN and doing all of this through the roadcaster pro plugged into it. And somehow it's all working. I don't know how, or I don't know how, but it is. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy about that. Um, uh, you know, you'd mentioned Portmaster a little earlier and I'm just looking at my screen going, Oh yeah, I have nine, nine different, uh, transit nodes and eight exit nodes running right now on 13 active connections. That's cool that I can see this. Uh, which you won't get on a Mac or a Windows machine. <laughs> I mean, I know you can install Portmaster on Windows, but you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I'm just jazzed up about it. I love, I love tinkering with this stuff. So um, you do, yeah. That's uh, yeah. It's it's easy to see that, and it's 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 kind of <laughs> it's pleasing to see that as well. Uh, to see someone enjoy this stuff so much. So I would really want to listen to a lot more of your stuff. I think you should be posting more on any channel that you want to, whether it's here or anywhere else. Uh, I don't know. Whatever you decide to, I'm going to follow that because uh, you have something in the way you deliver information that's appealing at least to me. Perhaps it's not for everyone, but um, I I assume that you're going to be able to find a niche audience that's going to be large enough for you to to be able to sustain it. At least that's what I hope for you. So um, Uh, I I, I, I just want to encourage you to do a lot more and and, and talk more. I appreciate that. I think um, I I oftentimes pigeonhole myself mentally into very small spaces where I feel like maybe if I'm – talking about things that are outside that space that it's not necessarily inappropriate, but just not uh, the right place for it. I don't know. And so I kind of find myself restricting a lot of the things that I will talk about or share. Uh, Not because that I don't mind sharing things that are personal necessarily, but just that I don't know if that's what people really care to listen to, or if they just really want, Hey, give me the latest news, uh, the latest breaches, the latest tools I can use to defend myself against it, so on and so forth. Um, And uh, I'm going to try to be a little bit more open-minded about it because, um, you know, when I look at our matrix chat and our off-topic channel especially, I mean, there are so many different, like, things that we're talking about that are um, kind of in, you know, a similar area, topic area, but they're not very hardened you know, fast to like, I mean, we were talking about maple syrup the other day, you know, I mean, just, you know, all, <laughs> as I say, it's all over the place. Um, but I will try to uh, keep that in mind because I think, um, that would probably help me be more active and consistent, uh, in posting. Um, and I know there's some other things, uh, or, you know, that maybe spawn out of that, uh, that you and I have talked about that we'll see, you know, how that comes, but yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely, Gonna try harder. 
<laughs> that's that's good to hear. Yeah. By the way, I, I don't know. I don't know how long you plan to make this episode, but um, is there? I, I feel like you wanted to talk a bit more about the the drama. So is is it something that you want to be covering here on your uh, channel? Yeah, I just I wanted to be cognizant of your time. I didn't know how much you know. No, that's fine. Yeah. I, I'm 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 perfectly fine with that. I I was just I was just asking because I don't want to. Um, be involved with human relationships that much you know like right. i obviously everyone needs to have friends and stuff but uh when it comes to the ugly stuff i i, I don't like that i don't know what to do with that mm. and i, I was kind of curious how you would want to approach that like what would you want to say or yeah how would you deal with this whole situation so you know me i when i say you know me you and i have had conversations where other things other personalities in the community have done things or said things and i'm like come on man you know like let's 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 back this cart up a little bit and start like breaking this down i mean i don't really want to entertain the drama um when i say the drama it's because it literally is drama this is stemmed back to going almost two years now with tech lore's video on calling out uh you know his conversations and the toxicity air quotes toxicity in the community but there's toxicity in every community except except closed network we we squash that pretty quick um (laughs) <laughs> no, I mean, and seriously, and, that, and and that's that's a testament to like really good moderators um, and, you know, having this kind of ethos of like, hey, everyone's cool and groovy. I mean, things can get heated from time, time to time because uh, there's always a lot of know-it-alls in this space. But I would say most of the time, 99% of the time, it's very cool. I I chill. I lurk in some of these other communities, both in Graphene OS uh, and Reddit communities. I just lurk. I don't necessarily participate um, even in Discord, even though I loathe Discord, um, I will chill in a couple of channels just to kind of just to see the vibe. Um, but, you know, the one issue or, that I take is that a lot of these things stem from personal one-on-one conversations with an expectation that, like, this conversation should be ephemeral to a degree, right? I mean, it's kind of not because it's a, it's digitally in a, in a, in a chat where there's probably a log or you can copy and paste or scroll up. But if the assumption is that this conversation happening between two people should stay between two people. And it seems like this drama gets started when one of those parties decides to start screenshotting everything and sharing it. Now, whether or not the the content in there or the context within that conversation uh, shifted from one of those people where they thought it might be going and where it ended up at, that should stay between those two people. In my opinion, it just really should. It shouldn't get broadcasted because now you're broadcasting from one point of view And it doesn't mean that there may not be some valid points that are pointing it out, but it's still one-sided. You went from a one-to-one conversation to now a one-sided where someone is actually choosing which screenshots they're going to take and what they're going to highlight. And I think that's what I take issue with is when did, was there a point that said, hey, if you, you know, what I know, what I don't see in these screenshots is let's say is you and I having a DM conversation excuse me, with each other, right? And it would be fair if I said, hey, from this point forward, any messages you send to me 
Um, I'm going to screenshot and post online. Like that never happens. But if it did happen, now the other person at least can know. <laughs> like, okay, whatever I say now is on the record for the whole world. Whoever wants to read it, um, we pride ourselves on using technologies and platforms that remain personal that are not going to be intercepted and read by a third party. And these personalities we're talking about are within this space on the subject of privacy and security. So if we're using an encrypted communication tool like Matrix or Signal or something like that, um, it's kind of like there's, there's this presumed expectation that we're using this because we don't, we just want to only have this conversation between the two of us. And so I feel like when someone does that, it's a break of trust, but it's also a break of their own conviction. And to me, I look at those people as kind of like dickheads, you know, kind of a, kind of a tool douchebag thing to do. Um, and that's kind of where the, the real issue for me is it doesn't matter what was said. Okay. I mean, sometimes it can matter, but generally speaking now, I, you know, it, it shouldn't really matter. Now I'm reading conversations that were not intended for me to read. And I feel like that's where a lot of this, where I take issue with is not so much. It, it's more of a moral thing, like an ethical discourse you know that they're that they're breaking with that person they're yeah. having with that person i i think i think the ethics are brought up because it wasn't really possible before to see the level of intimate behavior as it is today really we really only have like a decade of everyone having a smartphone with a camera and a microphone and being able to record and screenshot everything. And now we even have advanced abilities to uh, manipulate both audio, video, pictures, everything can be easily manipulated and turned into something that's absolutely believable to the large enough masses so that someone's reputation could be completely destroyed. And that's dangerous because if you just turn the clock back 30 years, you would have the same behaviors or worse. I would be remembering emotional outbursts that I had with people, intimate friends, and it would be left at that, just me and the friend. And then maybe we would not talk for a couple of days, but then we would get back and play some ball or whatever, you know? And today... That's not going to be the thing anymore. Or if it's just if it's not between friends, let's say it's just between business partners, it's going to be a very nasty phone call. They're going to be angry. They're going to slam that phone down. They're going to complain to their wives, and that's going to be the end of it. Right. The next week, they're going to meet up and they're going to continue business, or they're going to shut down the business. You know their deals, and that's going to be they're going to move on to the next next thing. Yet today, everything is turned into social media content like the intimate conversations like that's such an excellent point because it didn't it, i we are so accustomed to it that it didn't even occur to me like well this is a truly private and intimate conversation and it was so casually um revealed and leaked to the public like it's nothing right and um that's that's really that's really ridiculous 
when you think about it, like I've I've had people. I, I'm I'm sorry, I didn't mean to no, cut no, you no, off, but no, I, but keep I, going. I, I, you know, because I'm just remembering, I, and I don't want to say something that you know when this is since this is recorded, but you know, I've had things like that happen to me, like when when people were threatening um, me or they were just you know um, shaming me for whatever, and it's it's really nasty. Mm-hmm. And you don't really have the power to do anything about it. In the case of McKay, he has no power at all. Like, he has his uh, Twitter account, which has a couple of thousands of followers. Like, it's good for him. But, you know, it's nothing next to a YouTuber that has millions of followers. Right. Or hundreds of thousands. And the same thing, like, when I make content, I'm pretty big next to, like, somebody who has a Twitter account with a couple of thousands. But I'm nobody next to a multi, multi-million uh, dollar and sub subscriber uh, channel on YouTube, so it it's this is a huge imbalance of power, coupled with the complete lack of ethics, and it's it's just you know like when you when you take it like that, Lewis Rossman, uh, could have easily just been like, hey man, I'm really not comfortable having this conversation with you any longer. I don't want to talk to you any longer and I'm not going to use your operating system any longer. And he could have left it at that and walked away. But instead, that's such a great point. Instead, any Lewis Rossman is someone who has, I think he's got like one and a half, two million subscribers on YouTube. And those, he gets more views because of the, content gets circulated and he's an activist within the right to repair uh, legislation you know, kind of, kind of content area. So there's a, probably a lot of people who watch him that follow for other reasons. He's got a very diverse audience base. And for him to just fire up his private conversations with him on the video and, and literally just screen share it. Um, I don't give a shit if Daniel McKay said, I hope your cat dies at this point. In that chat, which he didn't say anything that was honestly that outlandish from the normal things that Daniel McKay is known to say. <laughs> what he was saying was, hey, man, if you're going to go ahead and, and support someone who's made negative content about me by commenting in their thing, don't talk about Graphene OS. That's what he was saying. He was saying, if you're, you know, I don't really need your support if you're going to go support someone who's also already come after me. I'd rather you just not talk about it, is what he was saying, right? I, I am definitely, uh, uh, gosh, my, my brain just just uh, crashed on me. But like, I, I am I am uh, uh, paraphrasing in a very TLDR kind of way. But that's basically what he was saying was like, you know, don't even talk about Graphene OS if you're also going to go on another channel talking about negatively about me and commenting on there. I'd rather you just not be involved at all. Is what, what kind of what he was saying, right? It's not like he said, "I hope your cat dies," but even if he did, that was a one-to-one conversation. It was a private conversation that didn't have any premise that I could see. That was there was an expectation that it would be broadcasted on a platform to it with a, on a channel with almost two million subscribers, like if you know what I mean. Like that's just I I don't know. Like I I I take problem I take issue with the fact that people are exposing a private conversation or one party is exposing it, and so I kind of look at it. It was like, well, you're automatically the tool, in my opinion in this scenario, 
um, just for that act. Like I have a lot less respect for Lewis Rossman. I tell you what, I'd have a lot more reluctancy to have a personal conversation with Lewis Rossman. What if he and I are in a chat and we don't see eye to eye on something and something escalates into a bit more of a emotional conversation? Is that going to get end up on his YouTube channel? Am I, is this, this is like the new version of the fappening. You know what I mean? Um, which, yeah. so I, I that's kind of where I just, I, I don't know. I just draw the line in the sand right there. Um, I don't really care what was said. It doesn't matter because it was, I wasn't part of it. It was two people having a conversation back and forth. One person got their feelings hurt and, oh, I've got a big channel and I'm going to go ex- exploit this now. I'm going to go broadcast this on. It doesn't matter what Daniel said to me, uh, whether he was right or wrong or any of that stuff. Um, and the same thing has happened be- to him countless times be- prior where he's in a con- private conversation. Now, granted, he has said things publicly also <laughs> on public forums or on Twitter and every- other things that could be questionable or, okay, where's this coming from, dude? But when it comes to s- someone getting exposed f- just from a one-on-one and an encrypted conversation, I kind of look at it as going like, dude, has no merit to me. I could, I, I don't, I'm not putting any stock or faith in this because it's leaked. It's, it's, it's a data breach. And I don't like yeah, data breaches. Yeah, people people don't realize how easy it is to actually manipulate this stuff. Even even if if it seems like it's giving out all the context, it's it's never the case because unless you like release every single thing which is going to span out into like hundreds of pages which nobody is going to read, you're never going to give out full context. And even if you just gave it away in a Google Drive and linked it in a video, you're only going to talk about specific things in your video. And um, you are everyone in in all of these dramas is picturing their side as the only right side and the opposite side as the delusional S nine or just completely um, disregarded entity, um, kind of like the LLC in, in, uh, right. to the IRS. <laughs> but you know, yeah, uh, you know, but like. Um, you know, it's it's never about seeking a compromise, and I understand that Mikay's um, uh, communicating approach is very challenging for people, and a lot of people are suggesting that Mikay is not doing mentally uh, well, like he has some mental health problems. Like, if that was the case, if that's something that people believe, how is it? okay to normalize shaming this person how is it okay to then go out and publicly expose this person how is it okay to use their private messages and in like i am saying intimate conversations because it was very emotional right so that's intimate it's not intimate as in between partners but like like he has a style that you know is is unique. It's not it's not very common to see people communicate like that. But then, if you see if there is if you if you think honestly think that there is a mental health problem there, then your next course of action should be the opposite of exposing this person. Thank you. And <laughs> right, like have some okay. Have some empathy, man. You know, like just. It bothers me when there is an assumption of trust that I'm assuming was established because 
now you've entered into a one-on-one conversation. It was it didn't exist in a in a room chat where they were just at replying each other. That's a little different. That's a public conversation. This was a one-on-one conversation. Anytime that I have a one-on-one conversation with anyone online, I have this, uh, you know, and maybe my standards are higher and they probably are, but I have this assumed level of trust that, hey, we're having this conversation and unless explicitly, you know, agreed upon, the content of this conversation is going to stay right here. I would assume, I would put my hard drive and my RAM in a microwave before anyone wants to see that because it's none of their business. And there was nothing, you know, there was, there was nothing that, um, uh, that, that, that I saw in his presentation, Lewis Rossman's presentation. There was nothing that I saw that warranted this break of assumed trust, really, because there wasn't like a personal threat made. It was him asking him to just not be supporting. And you know what? It may have been an irrational request. Sure. (laughs) But it could have stayed there. It didn't have to escalate into this. And I do feel that these escalations, not just with Lewis Rossman, but this is the most recent one this week, I do feel that uh, that might have been the final straw on the camel's back, to use that analogy, uh, for Daniel McKay to step down. Because no matter how strong you are, if a very large personality with a very large audience and a big platform, I mean, within like, I, don't, I think it was like within three hours, there was over 1,800 comments on that video. In three hours. So people people are watching. They're making it their business now. So... Then this all and, and a lot of those comments in the conversation were discussing his Daniel McKay's mental health, which no one's qualified for to do that based upon just reading a freaking transcript from an emotional conversation between two people. Now, does Daniel need help? I don't freaking know. Maybe. And if he does, I hope that he gets it. But that, like you said, is even more reason to be even more sensitive within that scenario to be like, man, I think this guy's kind of like really losing it over here. Rather than just keep fighting him or yapping, why don't I just exercise some compassion here, just human-to-human compassion, and just let him vent and just say, hey, man, I, you know, and if Rossman's position was, I'm not going to go delete a comment just because you told me to, but if you want me to stop talking to you and supporting Graphene OS, I'll do that. He could have just said that. And... He, he took the low road, you know, and this has happened with other YouTube personalities in the past that have kind of done similar things. And I'm not saying that Daniel McKay is an angel. I don't think he is. I think we're all human. We all have flaws. But I do think that there is a break of trust. And when you break that trust, when I see when I see that happen, I'm I'm not siding with Daniel, but I'm definitely uh, I'm I mean I, you know siding with Daniel's where he's at, you know, and his conversation it doesn't like i said the content doesn't really matter i'm calling rossman a tool for exposing him for breaking that assumed trust because if that if he did it to him then what kind of what does that say about his character like dude you're not trustworthy bro i'm not going to talk to you um 
correct me if I'm wrong, wrong, but didn't Mickey say something like you are, he, he, I think he said something to Rossman along the lines of you are complicit in the swatting attacks and the harassment because you posted the sure. uh, it's informative and unfortunate comment underneath the TechLoros video taking right. down right. McKay's character. Right. Is that what happened? That's what happened. And and so I think Rossman took it literally rather than thinking that it, it was a collective of things piling up to create hostility towards Graphene OS and Daniel McKay that caused him to ultimately get swatted. I think I think I would not want to be on the receiving end of that message because I think McKay stepped over the line there. I think um, calling someone complicit in a swatting attack, which is an attempted murder, you know, if, if you think about sure. it, and I think that's also what McKay said, is is uh, is is just too far, and I I I I am just trying to look at it from y- your perspective because so, I think you so are more compassionate. I you're saying like he didn't mean it literally, so that's I think that's kind of like an important. Lewis point. Rossman is a smart guy. He's not an idiot, and I'm sure that he could have. I'm sure he could have connected the dots. Going, it's the collective behavior that resulted in him getting swatted, right? But I'm not like I, I I can't assume that I don't know right. But but the thing of it is, it's not that doesn't warrant him exposing that entire conversation. What Rossman should have done was go like, wow, this dude might need might might be in a completely different space, like headspace, than I thought he was. Let me, if anything, just reach out and send a voice of concern to those at the Graphene OS community or the team and be like, dude, you need to put a leash on your, on your developer, man. Uh, he's, you know, saying that I have, my actions would are being associated with being complicit with a swatting attack, which, okay. Yeah. That's pretty outlandish. And that's, he's also talking about something that happened already. And, and, and Lewis Rossman's comment surely can't be blamed for someone getting swatted, especially not that common. It was pretty, vanilla and blah. Um, but at the same time, if you're looking at it from Daniel's perspective is the collective behavior that he's blaming, uh, that re- and resulted, you know, with him getting swatted is kind of like, he's, he's basically saying like, if you're not, if you're posting anything in support of this, you're basically supporting the actions of these people. And it not saying that it's right, but I don't think it warranted, this guy to go on his YouTube channel and then just start streaming and being like, dude, this guy's crazy. And you should, I'm not, I'm not comfortable running Graphino. I like, dude, because now he's making all sorts of illogical conclusions who, from an emotional state himself, he's no better. It's no better. Like, you know what I mean? The two wrongs don't make a right here. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's, yeah, uh, that's right. I, you know, and, and I don't, you know, Daniel, I would presume is probably on the spectrum. I would assume high functioning if you're looking at like an Asperger chart, but I don't know that. I've not seen a diagnosis. We can all make assumptions here, but I do have really close experience with people who have uh, exhibit the same types of behavior, who are incredibly smart, high functioning, and have outbursts over things that 
a lot of people would think that it are com- being, they're being completely irrational, right? So, the, and I'm bringing this up because it's a major topic of conversation within the comments on Rossman's video. People are analyzing his mental state. And okay, I mean, I guess it's a human thing to do, but no one has any real information about that, and they shouldn't because that'd be protected medical information anyways. But going back to my original, like what I take issue with, the point that I take issue with is that that doesn't warrant exposing a one-on-one conversation. You know, if you're having a conversation with somebody, it's not like you shouldn't live or have this expectation of like, well, if I say something that pisses them off, they're just going to go expose me, screenshot all my conversations and send it to literally to everyone, make it public. Like that's shitty. You know what I mean? Um, so, mm-hmm. and that's why I say I'm not really focused necessarily on the content. I mean, it'd be different if Daniel McKay was being like, I know where you live, dude, and I'm going to freaking, you know, do a drive-by at your house. Yeah, okay, that's a threat. Um, and even then, call the freaking police. You know what I mean? Like, there, there are other things that you should be doing. The, the, the first thing he thought to do was, screw it. I'm going to go live. I'm going to do it live. I'm, gonna, like, I'm just going to go ahead and post it. <laughs> you know, it was like, really, dude? That was your... That was your uh, your final final option, your final ch- decision that you made. Like, not really cool, man. You know, I just, um, I, I, I guess I just that's kind of like what really irritates me. Um, if, if what really grinds my gears <laughs> is the way it was, the way he dealt with it, because there's 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 much better options to handle those kinds of situations. Um, but okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna suggest a crazy idea. Maybe Louis Rossman is not that smart if he thinks that Techlor's hit piece on McKay was informative. So perhaps he did not truly know how how to handle this situation correctly. Okay, he doesn't and because perhaps, even in his video he even says two or three times, "I'm not even not sure who this Techlor is. I just watched a video, right?" <laughs> like. He's not really that plugged into the space, or he's just flat out lying. It's one or the other, huh? And I, 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 I'm not sure if he's lying. I just, I just think he's not informed at all. I would guess that's probably maybe, maybe he is lying. I don't know. I just. I'm just um, not willing to do the, the the level of research that would be required to get all of the details. And I would have to do so much ascent that it would just completely crush me for like the next 6 to 12 months. And it, it, and it would really, be... Yeah, because you'd have to go back years and scour uh, every you know forum posts on Reddit threads, and you'd probably be spending time in the archive. You'd be spending time going down watching you. It wouldn't be worth it. Now, when I say it wouldn't be worth it, it's not because like a human isn't worth the time. It's that the outcome won't really change anything. That moving exactly. Forward. So it's not. Really, you said it so well. Yeah, and I just it it, it would it would it would be almost an abusive <laughs> process to go through uh, to one's mental state. I think um, you're much better off going after, uh, you know, Bill Gates and, and, uh, <laughs> and Apple. <Yeah. laughs> like you, like you do. Yeah. I'm, 
Yeah, I'm going after Bill Gates, but only because of his um, uh, political influence and uh, foundational activities. I'm not going after Bill Gates because of his cheating affairs or marriage disputes, because I don't care about that. You mean and the, I don't think anyone like should care about that. 35, six visits to the Epstein Island. Yeah, no, 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 that stuff. Yeah, that's, that, well, that, that's different. That's the political stuff, right? And we are going to have to get more information to be completely uh, conclusive about that because he can just sure. deny and, and do whatever. But, you know, like people are just doing gossip about like, oh, my God, I cheated on her with this bitch. Oh, I don't care, you know? Yeah, like, newsflash. Uh, Jeff Bezos sent every day. Yeah, yeah. J- yeah, I, that's like I care more about like Bezos owning wa- the Washington Post than him sending a dick pic to some chick. I don't care, right? So I, I'm I'm just kind of I'm kind of nihilistic like that, you know. So I'm I'm not very involved and interested in in, in gossip and in drama. Uh, and, yeah, same. And the 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 human element does matter. Like you said, it so well. Like uh, I'm gonna have to go back and re-listen to this because it's just such a good phrase. Like it's not because the the human element doesn't matter is because because the outcome would not change. And I totally agree. I don't think the outcome would change. I don't think you're going to change anyone's mind. You're going to try to get someone's perspective out there, but it's, it's, it's not going to help. It's, it's not going to change Louis Rossman. It's not going to change TechLore. It's not going to change anyone who had a negative interaction with uh, Daniel McKay. And I think it's because... If McKay's style is a mental illness, or if it, if it, even if it isn't, like people are expecting him to behave the exact same prim and proper way as every single cookie cutter trained CEO of a big tech company is, and that's well, and there's that's unrealistic. It is. And uh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, and remember, Lewis Rossman is a content creator. Lewis Rossman, I'm looking right. at his channel, has 1.79 million subscribers. I don't know him personally, but I do know visually I can see that he creates content, like literally daily. It looks like multiple videos a day sometimes. Um, so this Goodbye Graphene OS video he did, why I deleted Graphene OS, uh, is content for him. And if you look... It, his videos from the last five days, it has uh, the most views out of any of his videos. So for him, if you're looking at this from a metric standpoint, um, this is epic, right? I mean, this is like, oh man, that was a that was a big hit. That's how he's looking at it. It is the content of uh, of a one-on-one conversation to turn into a video that's already garnered 170,000 views. So I don't like I don't that's why I say I don't really I mean unless it was like a personal attack like I'm going to kill your cat, you know, or something like that, like okay, that'd be kind of shitty to do or say, but it 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 doesn't it didn't it didn't warrant the break of trust for me. And I have a lot less respect for Lewis Rossman uh, as a as a person as a human on Earth <laughs> than I did before, um, because Daniel is a passionate developer with really crappy soft skills and social skills, but that shouldn't be a reason to drag him through the street over broken glass. 
if someone has issue with him, they should take that issue up. Be be a, be a mature adult about it. But so when I I'm so I am kind of looking at this a little differently, right? Techlore is a content creator. He is a graphic designer from from trade from from his his education. He's not even a really, and I'm not shitting on tech lore, but it's like he's not really a technical person. He has done a lot of content within this space and a lot of good content. I can say that even if I'm not a fan. Lewis Rossman has done a lot of great things, great things for the right to repair uh, movement. But I can say that you did a crappy thing. That was a toolish thing to do. It was bad judgment. Um because I have a different scale, a different set of uh, morals, you know, when it comes to like dealing with people, treating people like people and not just, oh, this is great content for my channel. He made a conscious decision to do that. And he could have, he could have said, I'm ditching Graphene OS because I had a bad interaction with the team and I'm not very comfortable with it. Could have left. He could have said whatever the hell he want, but he, he went on further. And further, and let me show you all my one-on-one DMs and all this stuff. Well, what difference is that in anybody else exposed? You know, it's just like it's at that point. I'm like, I don't really care what you say at this point. I don't really care what you say about it. it doesn't really matter to me. I feel like more people should hear your perspective. I feel like more people should hear from Daniel McKay, but from his communication style, I think a lot of people are going to be turned off. And I'm not sure, sure if McKay is self-aware of this. It doesn't seem like he is. It seems like he's reusing the same language and just changing their characters. And I do believe that he feels the way that he describes in a lot of his Yeah, his uh, communication style and, sucks. I've had one-on-one yeah. conversations with him on Twitter that I was like, dude, what? who pissed in your Cheerios today? But I didn't, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I didn't go and make a hit piece on him. You know, and they were they were publicly viewable. You know, it was... Basically, I made a tweet about how Linux phones kind of suck, and I and I was within the context of uh, Ubuntu Touch, uh, the Librem Five, which I own, which I bought years ago, which took you know uh, purism forever to ship to me. When I finally got it, I couldn't have been more disappointed. I couldn't have been more disappointed. Right, my experience with air quote. Linux phones was not great. And Daniel McKay fired back at me, well, Android is Linux. And I'm like, dude, that's not the, I know, but that's like calling Apple BSD. (laughs) It's yeah. By the time you actually get the end product in your hands, it's not really Linux. I mean, it is Linux. Everything's Linux. Every IOT device, every web server is all Linux, but there's within the context of of a phone, uh, there's a difference between Android AOSP and a Linux installation, an actual Linux distribution like Purism being installed on a phone or Ubuntu Touch being installed on a phone and the experience with that is what I was trying to say. And he was being very literal with me and we were kind of getting argumentative with each other. And you know what? That's okay. It's fine. I'm, it's on an open forum on the internet where anyone is welcome to chime in. It's freaking Twitter for crying out loud, right? Um, so... It, you know, whatever. Did I get a little peeved by it? Sure. I mean, I'm human. I was kind of like, whatever, dick. You know, that's kind of my general response. But it doesn't mean I'm like going to go and, oh, 
screw this guy. I'm going to install Graphene OS. I'm gonna, uh, you know, no, dude. Like, because I'm a grown up. I don't really care. Like, it's not that big of a deal. I can, I can take it, right? It, it's, you know, um, was it annoying? Sure. So I can personally attest that his communication uh, skills and his style is pretty brash. Uh, it's overbearing. It's a bit controlling. Sure. But uh, I also still know that there's a human on the other end of this conversation that's probably going through some other stuff and fielding a uh, hundred other tweets where he's probably involved in. And so it's like, it's really not that significant. It's not going to ruin my day. The fact that Lewis Rossman took the time to record an 18 minute video and expose his private conversations with somebody who didn't know that that's what was going to happen is a dick move and made content out of it. He's monetizing from it. That's, that's where I'm irritated. Okay, I'm going to ask one hard question. So didn't McKay uh, somewhere in the chats suggested that he would go ahead and call Rossman out and do some sort of character hit piece on him somewhere? Um, if that's the case, I didn't see that. Okay. If that's the case, I, was, I did not see that. Um. I, I thought he said something like he would he would go out and 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 accuse Rossman of of you know basically engaging in the harassment against against uh, McKay. So, and if that's the case, again, the first action is to jump and make a video as opposed to I don't know contacting other people at Graphene OS or jumping into a room or DMing other developers and being like, dude, WTF is up with your lead developer. Um, if that is the case, that does change the dynamic a little bit. But also, Rossman is making content on things that he's not really that familiar with. If you have been in this space long enough, um, I think most people who have read a lot of interactions with from uh, from McKay would probably eye roll, <laughs> you know what I mean, and be like, "Dude, whatever," you know. Like, like I don't know. I mean, and that, but I mean, and I, I know that's a hard, it's a hard uh, call to make um, without really doing that kind of a deep dive. But I feel like at this point in time, uh, it's it's pro it's, it doesn't it's kind of water under the bridge. What was said was said. What's been made is made. What's out there is going to remain um, more than likely. I do find it interesting that, you know, it, this has come up from a video on Tech Lore that's like, all, what, two years old now? Like, we're kind of talking about old stuff here, um, too. And I think Daniel was oversensitive. Like, how did you know Rossman made a comment on a two-year-old video? Like, stop caring so much about what other people think, dude. Just, just focus on doing the work. Um, but it, at the same time, that hit piece that Henry did, Techlore did, was also a myriad of screenshots of conversations or things that were said that we have no real context around, even though he tried to make it like look impartial. And even said, hey, I'm not saying that Graphenoist is bad. It's just I don't like this guy. Is kind of the feeling I got from it. It's like, okay, well, how many other things do you buy in your life from companies or, or people that run companies that you don't like? Nobody likes Jeff Bezos 
you don't like them so much, stop using Amazon. Stop buying Microsoft products if you don't like Bill Gates. But it's not always that simple, right? It's not always that easy. So it's like I kind of and I, and I and it's not even right to compare some dude who literally bootstrapped a project that we all rely on uh, to multi-trillion-dollar corporations. Like it's not even the same in comparison, but. I kind of feel that way where it's like people like to pick and choose what they're going to be vigilant about, but are pretty freaking lazy when it actually comes to doing anything about it. And so it's easy to kind of go after, you know, I mean, how many people do you see on a daily basis, uh, you know, say negative things about Elon Musk? Okay, well, then stop using Twitter. Stop, you know, um, if you don't like a project, just don't use it. You know, I, I don't know. It, I just feel like people waste too much time on, on all the meta and not the, you know, actually implementing a real change in their life. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I don't care what decisions people make personally. I really struggle with accepting when people are trying to make recommendations and suggestions to others. And this is where Rossman and others have massively overstepped when they suggested that uh, Mickey should not be trusted. Mickey is well, whatever they said that delusional. They, it kind of implied that Graphene OS shouldn't be trusted because of Daniel Yeah. McKay. And that's where I'm because like, of, yes. So you you implicitly trust Jeff Bezos? Then you trust him yeah, with your exactly. Kids. You trust Bill Gates with your kids? No, but you'll buy it. You'll buy an uh, Office three sixty five subscription. <laughs> you know, so it's yeah, kind of like te- Tech Lord. did the same with his video two years ago, whatever amount of time. Yeah, and he he basically, I think, I think the quote is actually coming from Daniel McKay himself. Like he used it against someone, and it's something like judge the project by its lead developer. And I don't agree with that. I don't agree don't whether it's either. coming from McKay or anyone else. Uh, I, I do believe that lead developers are really important. I guess, but. Um, the project is just much more than one person. And um, I don't think whatever judgments people are going to make about that person is how we should judge the project. Because these judgments are completely subjective. They have no merit whatsoever. So however tech lore feels about McKay has no merit, uh, no real value, no uh, assessment of Mikkei's technical capabilities, leadership capabilities, and the Graphene OS project and product. So it's completely irrational. It's a non sequitur. Nobody should say that in any intellectually honest way. And that's, that's my biggest, biggest issue with, with this entire drama when people are trying to insinuate this and then they're gaslighting like trying to say like this is not something they said when exactly that's exactly what they are trying to do they're trying to harm the project by uh taking down mckay as 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 a person not as a as a developer or as a security researcher but just as a human being rossman's sitting in his chair towards the end of the video midway through the video grabbing his phone, being like, I, can I even trust this now? Like running on my phone after having this interaction with this person? Well, you should. You should trust the code that you have access to. 
what is the alternative? What, what are you trying to say? Like, if you don't like the guy, say you don't like the guy. If you think he's a jerk, say he's a jerk. But then to actually sit there and be like, so, you know, touching his phone as if it's got cooties on it or something, like he's going to get some sort of virus just now by touching the phone. He's kind of holding it all weird and flipping around like, I don't, you know, I don't even know if I can trust this. Uh, dude, <laughs> you know, it, it's like, why are you making videos about it then? Like, I kind of almost see it from Daniel's side of view. At that point, at that point in time, why even make content on something? If you don't, you had the confidence, scroll back in his, in his channel. He literally, uh, you know, in the last two months, made two or three videos about it. Like, this is the greatest thing. This is the greatest thing. Oh, I had a beef with the developer. Now this is the worst thing. I don't, I don't know if I can trust it. You know, I, dude, you're an idiot. You're, you're an idiot. <laughs> uh, I, it, if you got into a fight with Linus Torvalds online and he called you a chump or something, you're going to be like, oh, I can't trust the Linux kernel anymore. I oh, can't run it on my computer. <laughs> I mean, like, come on, man. Yeah. Like, really? That's like how, how, how illogical you're, you know, like not even making sense anymore. And by the way, is making money off that content. Like, it's stupid. It's misguiding and misleading people into thinking that uh, because he had, you know, there's, there's something going on with Daniel. Whatever is going on, and I'm not going to lie and say, like, I think he's fine. No, I, I'm sure there's stuff going on. But to shit on the project at the same time and kind of touch the phone like you're going to catch some sort of virus from it just by now having it in, your, in the same space as you is stupid, man. Yeah, Mickey is fighting a, a game that he's never going to win, and no. he thinks he's effective in his communication style, but he's, he's going to lose because he's, he's fighting a game against content creators and content creators are if they are good at anything it's just one thing and that's making their own persona look as good as possible against everyone else that's pretty much what a content creator is is just building a brand around themselves and mckay has no training in that mckay has no experience in that and he's going to do what he thinks is is the best approach but it it, it just falls flat against the the nicely edited and carefully thought out, um, you know, essays and exposés made by these content creators. And that's just, you know, they have a larger platform by several orders of magnitude. That's already a power advantage. And they have, you know, at least the, this experience, if not the skill itself, to craft better messages than Mickey is. So the, people are just going to eat up whatever Rossman or Tocklor uh, <laughs> have, have to say. <laughs> and nobody's going to double-check with Mikay. Nobody's going to double-check with the GrapheneOS forums or with the GrapheneOS docs. Nobody's just going to do the, do, do the work. They're just going to trust the guy they, they watch um, the, no, the, it's it's content. The, the last time they heard from Lewis Rossman also did a video on the article by that you know Jamoke who posted a blog post about Apple scanning all your stuff because he saw on Wireshark it was doing a call to some you know media server or uh, for the copy for the clipboard pasting and it was like it it's all it was a farce, dude. It was not even okay. So the blog post itself wasn't accurate. Lewis Rossman does a video on it and did no fact checking whatsoever zero 
And, and that's what I'm saying. Like, he's a content creator. Now, it doesn't mean everything he says is incorrect. I'm sure he gets a lot right. But he's in it for the views, man. You know, like, that. that's... I'm not saying that he doesn't have convictions of what he's passionate about. I'm sure he does. I mean, something's motivating him to, to do the things he does and speak in front of Congress and all that kind of stuff. Not taking away from that, not taking away from his own merits, but he does, he is a content creator. He creates videos and posts them online and hopes people watch them. And, you know, I, I don't believe that he lives off the ad revenue. I know he's got jobs and works for a company and is involved with his own projects and stuff like that that's you know awesome good for you but he's monetizing the channel uh so there is some there is a revenue stream connected to his creation of content uh so if it's good for views then then ship it you know um screw doing the research (laughs) it's like if it's a hot topic talk about it get the clicks um Hey, I mean, it's the way the world works. I'm not mad about it. At the same time, though, I can be like, dude, you're, you're kind of an idiot. Like, you might be really smart <laughs> and intelligent when it comes to electronics and replacing screens and dissecting PCBs and looking at diagrams. Like, that, that requires a certain set of skills that does require intelligence and mathematics and science and understanding of how electrons work and all that other fun stuff. But you can also still be an idiot, you know, <laughs> at times. And so That's true, and, yeah. You know, and Daniel McKay... Uh, yeah, he is, like I said, he's terrible at social interaction. He's not great at communication. Uh, I think that's pretty well demonstrated from the things that we've seen. Um, but it doesn't take away from the merits of, of what he's been able to accomplish and, and, and what that gift is to us people, are the plebs out here who are, you know, get to install this software and utilize it every day to protect our privacy and security. Um, and... I'm not even, like I said, I'm not saying he's an angel. I'm not saying he hasn't said anything that's probably regretful. But I don't even, that's why I say, I think, you know, that's indicative of people who are on the spectrum is they they can't even process that because they have to be right. They have to be right. And you have to agree with them or you're wrong. And it, you know, it sucks, man. I mean, it sucks that, you know, people have these challenges, but that's also kind of what makes them unique and probably the type of person that can do what they do, uh, it's a trade-off, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, um, nobody's going to be uniformly excellent about everything they do. And some people are going to be exceptionally bad at certain things and exceptionally good at others. And I... I kind of, you know, like there's this saying, like you can build a thousand bridges, but if you fuck a goat, you're forever going to be a goat fucker. Right. And <laughs> I, I'm sorry about swearing on your podcast. Oh, God no. damn it. It's all right. Oh, it's <laughs> funny, know. man. It's totally worth it. Okay. Well, I, I, I didn't realize, but you know, I actually, stuff I, that slips through. Don't worry I, about it. Okay. I actually disagree with that statement. If somebody build a thousand bridges, they build a thousand bridges and they are a, bridge builder and they fucked a goat that is i'm sorry again but you know they okay they did that so you know okay they they can be both things right so you can condemn one and praise the other and it seems like people wanted everything to be in the binary people want to feel feel this righteousness within themselves that they kicked someone 
when they were already on the ground. Right. And when they did something, they, they, they want to feel like they did something by, by bashing against someone who has no way to defend themselves. Or if they, if they do have a way to defend themselves, it's just so completely inefficient against the power of whoever is against them. And I'm not trying to portray McKay as just a victim of everything that's been happening because um, he should realize that this communication approach that he has is just not effective. It's just not. It's, well, and, you know, and like, there are consequences yeah. to things you say, you know, I mean, there, as far exactly. as like people's viewpoint or respect of you or, you know, their, their uh, willingness to engage in conversation with you any further. And I'm not, not, not trying to discount all the uh, difficulties that he had to go through and, and all all the negatives and bad stuff that happened to him. And I'm, I'm not trying to uh, disbelieve or blame him for anything that, and anything that happened to him. Not at all. However, he's, he's not communicating it well at all. And that's, that's kind of like he should either fix that or have someone that would be able to communicate that for him. Right. And I don't know if there is a person like that. He, he, he could he could find that person, um, but he definitely did not find it in, in from among the content creators because uh, you know Tech Lore made a hit piece on him. Uh, other people that he's worked with made hit pieces on him. It just it just falls flat, and he there, has no way to yeah, correct the course. There are things that Elon says that I I roll my eyes. Right, I'm like, dude. What the hell are you trying to stir up? But it doesn't take away that I appreciate Starlink internet when I'm camping off grid for a week somewhere <laughs> and I have internet, you know, <laughs> like, and I, I guess I feel the same way about Daniel's. Like, like I said, I've had my own interactions with, with, with Daniel, which were less than desirable, but it doesn't take away that I, I appreciate his technical skills, abilities, and what he's given to the open source community. And, and I say given because it's free. Graphene OS is free. There's no license. You can just go and download it and install it, and you don't have to pay any money if you don't want to. Uh, that, that, takes, that takes a certain level of commitment and effort that um, is very rare. And people, I mean, hell, even for me, just to be consistent enough to do this podcast, right? Which is just sitting in front of a microphone, really. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of planning and show notes and stuff like that. What are you going to talk about and be entertaining? But it, you know, it's not really that much effort in comparison to someone who's literally writing security protocols for a for a mobile phone, like that. You know, so um, there's no such thing as perfect. There's no such thing as like the perfect person and, you know, all this kind of stuff, especially when you're talking about in a scenario or a situation where you're getting this stuff for free. Um, why, you know, I, why not be just grateful and thankful for, for the end, end result, the product of everything and people getting so caught up in this stuff. Well, because it's good content. That's where yeah, this you is, might be right. You know, stemming. From. I, 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 I think you I think you said it so well, and I'm I'm gonna take away two things from this. And one is, of course, the thing that I've already believed is no, nothing changes about Graphene OS. It's still an amazing project, still the most important project, and we should all be using it. There is no reason to delete Graphene OS or switch to anything else because nothing else comes even close to Graphene OS. And the second thing is, even though 
Mickey is not the best at communicating. I don't think he's such a horrible person. I think he's well-meaning. I think he has good priorities when it comes to uh, giving away all of his work for free, by the way, right? So not everybody does that. Right. Um, I, I think I think I still appreciate him as a person and as a technical expert. And you know, I, I think it's going to be very hard to communicate with him. Um, but I'm going to try to be more compassionate. I'm going to I'm going to try my best. And we'll, we'll see if if Mickey decides to make a hit base on me and say that I'm. Uh, now complicit in harassment or whatever, and, um, I'm gonna let him. <laughs> well, and, and and that might and that might yeah. be the case, and that may happen. Uh, that's part of opening yourself up uh, to having a conversation and, and exploring those things with them. I think that that probably won't happen um, uh, because I think you're really good at being able to like read that and kind of redirect into what's actually kind of like important, like not going too far out there, um, but. It, like it's not like he was exposed for for being a pedo, right? I mean, dude was swatted. He's had uh, tons of, and, and I'm not I'm not excusing his behavior, but it's like, dude, like uh, give the guy a little bit of slack because he's one man defending himself against hundreds of potential comments and people throwing around accusations about his mental health and all this other stuff. And it's like it's it's like it's one guy. It's one guy. Um, and yeah, he's imperfect and he's definitely got some challenges and areas where other people might be blessed to have really good PR skills and really good social skills. I think Lewis Rossman uh, demonstrates himself really well, how he presents himself. He comes off charismatic is probably why he's asked to talk in front of Congress about right to repair because he's pretty eloquent. He's pretty sharp. But at the same time, you know, what, uh, you know, one person can't possess all of these abilities and skills and because of that, Lewis Rossman has established himself quite an audience. Daniel McKay has how many followers on Twitter? A couple thousand. Um, he's not really good at it, man. It's not as it's not as uh, strong suit. You know, it's definitely not in his wheelhouse, if you want to say, uh, of being a man of the people. But he is a man of the tech, and I'm grateful. Yeah, for and that. let's let's remember that uh, a couple of horrible things did truly happen to Mikay. So he was kicked out basically out of his own company by his business partner. Uh, he was doxxed, um, which means that he had his personal address leaked online. He was hacked um, by someone. I don't know all the details, but he was hacked. And he was swatted uh, over the span of like five years. All of that happened. Uh, and plenty of other stuff, right? So if half of that happened to me, I would not have been here anymore. I would not have been able to take it. I would have completely collapsed, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a weak person. But Mikay just kept working. He kept doubling down, kept improving his project, kept making it better, keeping it open source, giving it away for free, uh, sacrificing a lot of his time and a good salary that he could have, uh, he could have, he could have gotten anywhere else at any of the big tech companies or zero day brokers, but he chose to do this for the benefit of everyone. He could be working and for NSO the, Group, dude, if he wanted to. <laughs> exactly. He 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 decided to to do work that made the entire Android ecosystem 
more secure. Every Android phone on the planet is more secure also thanks to Mikay's work. So it's not just his little project. And I think that's, despite his uh, flaws in communication, I think that still vastly outweighs all the all the negatives that been that 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 been said about him in the movies daniel mckay's character would be revered as a superhero right take like batman for example it's socially awkward no friends uh you know and basically takes the abuse by fighting crime at night coming home with bruises on his ribs and all you know i'm not comparing daniel mckay to batman i'm just saying uh when you when you put it in the context of like a a a movie star like a superhero um it's easy to overlook people's faults because of the good that they do for the world but when it comes to the real world a lot of times this this goes out the window and it's like, we're always targeting each other's faults, always going after the quick jab, um, the easy, you know, cut down. And it, it's like, it takes away from the human factor from each other. Um, and I, I just have a lot of experiences in my life with people that I have worked with that are friends that are family members. Um, that I kind of just step back and go like, okay, there might be something else going on here. And it probably has nothing to do with me. Um, So I'm just going to go ahead and let this roll. And it doesn't excuse behavior that probably, you know, that that, I guess negative behavior. But I I think that if like people just gave each other a little bit more slack sometimes and trying to be like, man, there's something else going on here. Like maybe I can either help or be, I should just, you know, abstain from, from this interaction right now, maybe like just table this for later. But because of social media and quick comments and bandwagons and, you know, squad A versus squad B mentality, whether it's graphene OS versus Calyx or whatever, right. I'm just using that example because they're both been toxic, you know, uh, and it's not necessarily the team. It's the supporters. It's the people that use, that become a fanboys, you know, for lack of a better term, and will literally die on that hill with with it. <laughs> and I, I think maybe in this scenario, I kind of find myself like struggling because yes, clearly there's probably things that Daniel has said, um, and they're not, you know, there's no excuse for it. Um, but I also then go, you know what, man, maybe he's he's got some personality flaws that don't allow him to um, compromise or find middle ground with people. Like he has to be right. It's either this way or you're wrong. Um, And that doesn't fly with people and it's unfortunate, but doesn't discount, you know, the work he's done just like, you know, Batman in the movies gets blamed for, you know, takes the blame for the city and, you know, is banished, right? And has to go move across the world and disappear uh, all for the greater good. Uh, again, it's kind of stupid, but if you want to break it down into a simple, you know, kind of um, example, that's kind of what comes to mind. And I just, you know, I, I, I just wish people could, uh, you know, be a little bit more understanding Um and having that backlog of information you just presented even just reinforces that even more. Uh, I just, like I said, it sucks. And I don't really, 
you know, know what to tell, tell people how to feel. Uh, you have to feel however you feel. But for me, I'm just kind of like, hey, it's not the, it's not that big of a deal. It shouldn't be that big of a deal in your life. Um, the Graphenoist project is going to continue on. He's going to make sure there's a smooth transition. Uh, let's let's just look to the future, and rather than spend all this time squabbling over who said what when and who screenshotted what, it's stupid, man. It's high school shit. It really is. It is. It is. Um, yeah, I, I I would expect a lot more from adults, to be honest. And I'm qu- kind of surprised that we are we are not really improving. Like you would think that the internet is becoming less toxic and less phobias against others, but there is still this otherization. There's still this deep desire to kick people out who are just different. And we, we don't want to just kick them out. We want to, we want to just bash them as much as possible so that they can never return. And if they return and if they changed, we never want to forget and truly forgive them. We always want to remind them. And it's, it's, it's un- ungrateful. It's entitled. It's horrible. And I don't think it's going away. If I was caught in an emotional outburst just once with anyone, really, or with any, any, any other thing, it could be any minor or major thing, and I would try to do anything. Nobody would like the the community would just eat me alive. They would never they would never stand up for me. So I don't feel like I owe any community anything. I'm gonna do what I be- believe is important, and I'm not gonna change anything about that. I'm gonna just do the stuff, do the research, do the investigations. I'm gonna publish everything, and I'm only gonna stop if I'm either deciding for whatever reason that I'm bored or I don't want to do that anymore or I'm dead, but I'm never going to be pushed out from what I want to do by anyone's judgment of me as a person, because that's ridiculous. If, if nobody's a, if people aren't able to separate the work from the person, it, they don't deserve n- neither. So I agree. I everyone agree. is very welcome to just piss off. I love it, man. Yeah, and it's I honestly um it's disheartening sometimes because the especially within this space you're putting in a lot of effort to enlighten people to present new ways of doing things to that they rely on in their in their in their in their day-to-day tasks while a- adding a layer of security uh, like literally teaching people how to like secure their life, right? And what the actual threats are that are out there. And it should be agnostic as far as uh, the presenter and the content. It should be there should be like a layer of it, like you know, this is just someone who's putting in the time and the effort. And, and within this space, it can get really kind of brutal quickly. And I feel like, are we not all trying to accomplish the same task here or trying to achieve the same goals? Because it feels like sometimes we're all playing on different teams. <laughs> and, and I agree. I 100% agree. <laughs> I don't think there is unity at all. No, there's not. And I have really tried to cultivate uh, 
and our community, the closed network community, when our matrix chat on our Mastodon through the podcast, um, a vibe of, and I hate to use the word inclusive because I don't mean it in the way that like the media is like inclusive. I mean inclusive as in the sense of like, uh, hey, everyone leave your shit at the door and like let's go in and hang out uh, and we can we can talk about these things and discuss these things with no regard for how you live your life outside of that. Like we don't care, right? I, for a long time, I've been a, a car enthusiast, car and off-road trucks and stuff like that. I build cars, I've built them since I was in high school. When I say build them, not like hand build them, but I modify them and make them my own. Um, and one of the things I love about car culture, uh, like, and I, I'll admit, I've done a lot of illegal street racing in my days and that kind of stuff, but Ooh. there, but, all right, I'm bad, I'm bad. So there's a subculture though, man, where it's like, it doesn't matter what job you have, it doesn't matter the clothes you wear, none, it doesn't matter uh, what side of town you live on. When you don't go to these car meets, especially like the night ones where there's a lot of hood rat stuff going on from the hours of like, say, 10 p.m. and like 3 a.m., um, everyone is just having like the time of their life. I've had conversations with people for hours, never even knew their name, didn't know where they worked. Uh, I didn't know if they were married, had kids, because we were there for one thing, which was the cars. You know, uh, their wheels and exhausts and modifications. You had a wrap, you know, suspension. It was all about this passion for building cars and tuning them and making them fast and all, having all that kind of fun stuff. Um, you would run into these people at car shows and, and expos and stuff like that. And there was just this really cool camaraderie. I mean, and I'm talking like people of all ages too. I'm hanging out with people 20 years older and 20 years younger, you know, different, different points of my life. And everyone is just so cool with each other. You could not really replicate that in many other scenarios. And that's what I want. I like, that's what I like about our community um, is that like, I don't really have to agree or it doesn't matter like with your politics or your religion, but we can all talk about this stuff and it's kind of like this sacred thing. Um, and I kind of just wish that that scaled out, that there was more unity, but there really is a lot of dissension. Um, and yes, I might, I've, I'm probably guilty of some of that from time to time only because I get pissed off when people have, uh, put their own um, agenda or their own personal goal objectives in front of the ethos uh, or the impetus of of what privacy and security should be, which is about seeking the best, the best solution. Not the best for the creator, the best, if that makes sense. And that's where I kind of find myself falling into that trap, being like, oh, man, don't listen to this guy. Don't buy his shit. That's not the best. This is the best, right? And... So anyways, I don't know. I'm kind of rambling at this point, but that's that's what I just really want for the community at large is to be able to have this free flow share of concepts, ideas, and trying different things. Man, I have discovered so many cool new projects that I'm going to be talking about in the coming weeks and months on the, on the uh, podcast. Um, things that kind of align with like what you and I have always loved about like Briar and stuff like that, like our, like, like mesh networks and cool stuff like that. Um, and I've learned and got a lot of this from people just sharing stuff. We're just sharing stuff back and forth. And that's the only way to learn. Cause you can't know everything. There's not enough time in the day to like research it all. But when you have a hundred, 200, 
500 people doing it and sharing, um, that's where the cool shit happens. And I, I kind of, so when I see stuff like this happen, um, it just makes me like, it just makes me sad. Right. And I don't really care too much about the details and who said what the end result is. We lost a really good developer on a, on a project we rely on. Um, and it sucks. And it's just okay to say like, man, this sucks. Uh, I hope the best though. And wherever he goes from here, um, only, only sit in positive thoughts. And as far as Lewis Rossman goes, I don't really think he's a bad guy. I just think he's a content creator. I think he took advantage of something that was good for good for the views. Uh, I think it was kind of a dick move. I think that if you're going to have a conversation with someone, it should remain private unless it's been spoken that it's no longer going to be private. Didn't see that in his transcript. Um, so, you know, it's just like, our, I feel like uh, because the internet exists sometimes, like nothing's really private or sacred anymore. And I'm trying to... Uh, fight that i guess to some degree if you will not fight it but just i don't know find dig a tunnel underneath and invite all my friends <laughs> you know like we don't hey there's a bypass we don't have to participate in all this crap over here we can take this alternate route let's go this way um is what it really comes down to because uh i have my own feelings i have my own motivations of why i do the things i do but they're not necessarily you know the same reasons that everyone else does. Someone might be trying to avoid an individual, an ex-lover. I might be trying to avoid the government. You know, it doesn't matter. We're all trying to avoid something. So let's figure it out together. Um, and that's that's what what this you know is all about. Is that common but the, the, thread? This this is the most important point, though, because um, if you watch any of the newest social media, you always see a kid from school doing some stupid shit and you at least what i do is i immediately think that's something that i would probably do as well but luckily there were no phones with cameras back then correct that's exactly what's 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 happening here except there is a reputation of someone's entire career at the stake right so we haven't adapted our our gossip our ethics and we are treating all information as if that's just publicly available and it should be that way. And we are not treating, we are not respecting anyone's privacy. We want the privacy for us, but we don't want the privacy for anyone else. If there is any leakage of any information of, uh, of someone's personal and private life, we want to know about that because we have that natural or whatever, maybe it's not natural, but we have that perversive uh, intuition to just be curious about that. And then we want to gossip and we want to compare and we want to make assessments and judgments about that person and their character. And that's such a horrible human trait that I feel like we deserve an, 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 an apocalypse because this, this, is, this is horrible. Like we, yeah. we are truly never going to improve, man. Like I, if, this is, if this is truly who we are, like if we, if we cannot have sensible relations – and just respect for someone's privacy, then, uh, yeah, we, we are never going to solve any of our problems that, that are on a global level. Like, n- never. Like, that's not, ne- that's not going to happen. Like, we are so petty and, and stupid and, and little. It's, 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 
we are never going to be able to fix climate change or an asteroid hitting the hitting the earth or a solar eclipse no what's called solar storm whatever the thing that's going to destroy all the electricity on earth i don't know what it's called yeah, we're never yeah. going to be able to solve these problems like yeah. if there is a fungi pan- pandemic <laughs> like last of us style like we are we are screwed we are all screwed because we are petty and egoistic and just really really nasty to each other we are like chimpanzees but even worse because we have like even more capacity to do harm to each other yeah it's uh have you ever heard the monkey sphere concept like, uh no the monkey sphere is um concept of like within monkey families uh you're like only have the capacity to really care truly care and um you know, care for an extended amount of monkeys in your sphere, which is usually like 12 to 20. Right. And outside of that, it's like a F off. I, I don't care about you <laughs> kind of a thing. And I feel like that's, if you, if you roll back before the uh, internet was ubiquitous, uh, you, you would see families that would kind of hang out with the same half dozen, dozen families, whether it was through church or other things and neighborhood community, whatever baseball team, you know, whatever the sports thing was that their kids were in. Um, they had this, you know, your expand, your, your group of people that you uh, were tight with was probably within about 12 to 20 people big. And I don't mean like their kids and stuff, I just mean like kind of entities. Right. And outside of that, you just had like this, reduced scope of care doesn't mean that you don't care about people or humanity but like you just you know whatever like i can't care about that many people outside this dome right of people that i've let in well internet comes along and suddenly everyone has 500 plus friends on facebook which we all know is total bs you don't you can't have 500 friends you just can't if you talk to someone at one of them every single day you still wouldn't even talk to all of them in a single year like it's just not possible right and including coworkers and stuff like that so what happened is you know it, it becomes even you become more desensitized to humans because you're connected you're friends because you're either following each other or your friends on facebook or whatever but it's not meaningful it doesn't mean anything and so this it, it dehumanizes that the the people that you're connected with, that you're having interactions with online, to the point where you literally treat them like less than garbage. You know, look at you know, you see it all the time. Twitter, you know, t- someone says one thing political on Twitter. Watch what happens. The firestorm. They don't know this person, but if they did know this person, they might still have the same position, but they'd be much more sensitive to their response, likely because they care about that person. And so I feel like, you know, with this you know, ubiquitous internet, always connected. And, you know, we've become even more isolated, especially you throw in a pandemic on top of that for the last few couple of years, you know, it becomes even more isolated. And the other problem is, is that everyone feels like they're uniquely special. Well, guess what? You are unique, just like everyone else. And with seven plus billion people on the planet, you know, you can only be so freaking unique. So try to have some like compassion for the other people because there's nothing really that special about you. In the, in the grand scheme of things, there's something very special about you within your, within your monkey sphere. But outside of that, you know, people just don't care. So it's just kind of like, I, and I think that's what, you know, going back to the community, um, I, I think that, you know, to have this expectation of, of unity is probably insane. 
Because how could it when people are involved? <laughs> like you said, we probably deserve what's coming to us because we can't even get our, our we can't get it together, man. You know, um, on any on any level, on any topic, any subject, we cannot get it together. Whether it's solving homelessness or education or anything, I mean, we just cannot get it together. And there's a million reasons why people will throw out there, but at the end of the day, they're all humans are involved, and that's pretty much the common denominator with everything. And <laughs> <laughs> likely <laughs> it's demise, right? Um, so th- this is just an example of, you know, humans being humans and it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Uh, but it doesn't mean that we uh, give up uh, and stop fighting for the things that we believe in. Uh, we, you know, we just have to just kind of regroup a little bit. And that's what Graphene OS is doing right now. They're regrouping. They're, they're going to, they're going to handle it. Um, I don't know. Yeah, the, the, this 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 was a completely impromptu podcast combo, and I wasn't expecting to, expecting <laughs> it to last so long. But um, it was surprisingly enjoyable. So, well, I'm glad. I'm, I'm very glad. I'm glad you enjoyed. Yeah, it. I'm, enjoyed I'm glad it. that the way that it turned out. Well, I'm curious. Uh, I mean, obviously, we don't have to beat this subject to death. You know, in ongoing uh, conversations that we hopefully have. Um, but you know, as you are unraveling, you're in this onion with your interactions with, you know, uh, your people, uh, hopefully, hopefully there might be some nuggets of, um, light that you can shed on us down the road. And if not, you know, we'll just, uh, assume that, uh, things are just going to continue on, uh, the path that, you know, for success. And that's what, that's what I'm planning on. And that's what I'm relying on. At least, uh, I don't want to have to switch back to iOS or stock Android. (laughs) Yeah. Same. That sounds- if, I, if I had to do that, I, w- I would just use Arch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We have this ongoing inside joke because I am currently running Arch, by the way. Um, you have to say the by the way part <laughs> every time you say you're running Arch. It's just part of the, uh, part yeah. of the meme, right? So, uh, so I don't know if I'll – I don't know. So far, so good. It's been a couple months now. It's been running pretty smoothly. Um, I'm, I'm impressed that I was able to actually do this podcast and – bring you in and everything just kind of magically worked hardware wise. Uh, it's very Mac esque in that way. I I'm appreciative of that. So, um, so yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for filling up this, uh, this time and talking this out. Cause, uh, it's a lot. I think these types of, uh, subjects are much more constructive when there's more than one voice involved. And especially considering how intimate you have been, uh, with the team and your interviews and having more insight than anyone else I know uh, to talk on the subject. So I definitely appreciate you uh, jumping on. And it was very ad hoc. Like I had already, I'd actually was recording the episode uh, while you and I were talking on signal. I'd already started it. Uh, <laughs> and so I was just like, man, this is awesome. I can just literally pause, have you jump right in and let's, let's talk through this. So uh, thanks for, yeah, thanks for your time. Yeah, thanks, man. And uh, I appreciate you. I appreciate you doing this. I, I actually, I, I was kind of skeptical at the beginning because I thought, yeah, this is not a good idea to touch this with a 10-foot pole. But uh, you had some great insights, and I'm going to take away something from this. And it's it's going to be a lesson for me personally, too, because it really does, um, like your experience with, uh, your friend and uh, your perspective on this entire thing, like I would not be able to have that without your input. So I'm, I'm very grateful for this, and I'm hoping 
that a lot of people listening to this, and I hope there will be a lot of people, are going to have that same. By the way, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to repost this on my subreddit so that more people know, perhaps even on like my YouTube channel in a community post. Oh, so and I'm gonna I'm gonna link to your to this like episode in your thing. Awesome. Hopefully, hopefully you don't mind. No, not at all, man. More the merrier, I say. More the merrier. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I, I I think more people should should just hear your your perspective. I appreciate that, man. Appreciate that. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, man. So that was a bit longer than I had expected, but definitely want to give a. Big thank you to the hated one for coming on. It was very ad hoc. And um, I was going to talk about this Graphene OS debacle on my own, but I think it, it came out much better um, and gave myself some better thoughts on where I'm positioned and how I feel about it. Um, not really telling anyone how to feel about it necessarily, but I did have a lot more planned for this episode. Stuff I did not get into, uh, which I will uh, put in episode 26. Things like the U.S. intelligence building systems to track mass movement, uh, brave, you know, off the record functionality, uh, find my friends, <laughs> new social media outlet, uh, yeah, and a lot of other topics that I'm scrolling through that I may or may not get to. Um, uh, that have to do with like legislation and, and things of that nature, but I will get to them in due time. Um, I just, uh, it's time to shut this episode at 25, which I'm calling 25.2 because it's the like third attempt. Uh, so I had 25, 25.1, this is 25.2. This is the one that's actually going live. Um, that, uh, uh, I hope you found valuable and informative. If you have any questions, please feel free to shoot me an email, simon at closednetwork.io. You can also join our Matrix channel. If you go to closednetwork.io, you can find all the links to get to our Matrix rooms, uh, join our Mastodon, or follow on Mastodon. You can also follow me on Twitter. I am fairly inactive, but I do check it once or twice, you know, a couple times a week. Uh, So I do like to uh, troll, not really troll, uh, lurk, lurk within the Twitter spaces. Uh, so feel free to reach out to me there. And of course, there's a, a myriad of ways you can support the show. If you feel inclined, just hit the support tab at closednetwork.io uh, or join the uh, Patreon. I'm going to be posting some Patreon content uh, here over the next couple of weeks, talking more about just kind of like how I do things myself, getting into the nitty gritty and getting into the details of um, how I set things up for myself and how they change uh, over time. So uh, if that's something that you'd be curious about, most of those posts uh, will probably be publicly available. Some of them will be available only to Patreon people just for the uh, thank you for the support. But uh, we don't take any sponsorships or advertising. So it's all uh, supported by you all. I hope you're having a great week wherever you are. Enjoying this end of May. And I will catch you in the next episode. Okay. Look, they can never keep me down, I'm going And if I ever fail, just know I'll go again I never quit, cause I know that every loss May lead to another win, I'm going up I, I bet when I land, they gon' tell me it's luck again See that I'm winning, it's harder to watch I'm setting the stage, you should give me my prize You ain't got no soul, you lacking the spirit You talk out your neck, I'ma show you